Hello and welcome to episode 43 of the Haiku Chronicle podcast. If you've not listened to us before, I'm Patricia, your host. Thanks so much for coming along and listening. And to all my lovely regulars, hello, I hope you're all doing well. Today is a special podcast featuring Haiku and Senryu from our very own Haiku Chronicle community, using the technique of synesthesia, otherwise known as sense switching. If you're new to this technique, you can listen to episodes 32 and 33, which will give you a quick take on how this technique works. But I'd just like to add a little something to the information I put in those podcasts. We all know the five senses. Sight, hearing, taste, smell and touch. But I was having a quick read of the Haiku Handbook by Higginson and Harter, in which Penny Harter suggests that there are more than five senses. And she includes a sense of movement in her list. And I've done the same with this week's podcast. So without further ado, let's hear from our community. Some you will already know, and I'm happy to say we've got some new friends too. First, we'll travel to the Antipodes. Not somewhere I've been myself, but it's definitely on my list. Let's begin with a visit to a new contributor and a country we've not heard from before. Welcome Isabel Caves from New Zealand. She works in healthcare, and she's not the only poet from that profession that we'll hear from this week. Isabel doesn't only write poetry, but she writes fiction too. And if you'd like to read more from her, please go to her blog and the details you'll find on the show notes for this episode. They'll be up in a few days on poetryp.com. Desert Night the moonlit hues of a dingo's howl. Striking piece of imagery and sound, yes? And now to one of our regular contributors, Giddy Nielsen Sweep. She's from Brisbane in Australia. She was very active in using this technique after episodes 32 and 33, and we emailed back and forth. And I asked if I could use these examples of her work. Smell of black coal while the firebox is stoked. Carriages sway. Voices blow away on the wind. Seaside cafe. And lastly, the smell of dust as light rain starts to fall. El Nino's constraints. This theme occurred again in a piece of work by a new contributor. Hifsa Ashraf from Pakistan. Like myself, she's involved in HR. But in her case, she works in training and development. Hifsa is a very creative person, involved in art and literature. She loves to design computer-based digital art, and alongside that, writes not only haiku, but short stories, some of which have been published. And she's currently writing a book of tanka on the topic of war on terrorism. She loves writing haiku and senryu because it gives her a challenge to not only express her personal experiences in a few words, but create the whole picture clearly. And so, let's hear her haiku. April rain. I inhale and exhale petrichor. Pre-monsoon rain. With every sip of the tea, petrichor. Now Hifsa subsequently revised this to read... Pre-monsoon rain, the evening tea with petrichor. 
In discussion with Hifsa, I said I preferred the first version. I felt the use of the word petrichor standing alone had a stronger effect, on me at least. You know, it took me back to my childhood, bringing in the hay in Ireland, having a mug of tea in the hayfield in the late morning or early afternoon, while waiting for the hay to dry after early morning showers. I wanted to give you her revised version to see which you preferred. Let me know. Both she and I would very much like to hear your thoughts. And if you'd like to know a little bit more of the background to these haiku, I'll put a little extra information in the show notes. Staying in this geographical area, I'd like to introduce Professor Singh, who writes for us from India. He's a very experienced and well-published gentleman. 43 books he has had published, including 18 collections of poems. He writes haiku, and tanka too, because it's become part of his life. Interestingly, he says that his creative mood lasts a very short time. So he is brief, and haiku just suits his temperament. Post-truth or fake news, hates odour of his urine, self-invented lies. The use of sense-switching when tackling a very current global theme has created a strong, loud piece of work, I think. But if you'd like to read more of Professor Singh's work, then please go to his blogs or check the show notes for some of his collections that have been published. Moving on, I'd like to take you to the US now to hear from a number of guest poets. Firstly, another new contributor, Jan Benson from Texas. She's a Pushcart Prize-nominated haiku poet living in Fort Worth and has had her work published in many leading haiku publications and journals, and has been translated into eight languages. Imagine. If you'd like to know a little bit more about her, please click on the link to her page on the Living Senryu Anthology. Now, she sent me some haiku which have been previously published, and which utilise the synesthesia technique beautifully, I think. Cloud Quiet. The First Scent. Of yellow. Spring snowmelt, forgetting where the pain is buried. Staying in the States and heading in the direction of the Sonoran Desert, we visit with Veronica Hosking once more. Sand grits between teeth, Haboob howls across desert announcing the rain. Rain's becoming a bit of a theme, no? Don't you feel it has a really powerful first line? I can taste and feel the sand between my teeth. I love it. Congratulations too to Veronica for having a few of her poems published recently in Unstrung magazine. Well done. Next up is Robin Anna Smith, who we previously heard from as Robin Smith. But she's changed her writing name to include Anna as there's another Robin Smith out there writing poetry. Robin Anna is from Delaware in the States, and since we last heard from her, she's been really busy with a couple of projects. A monthly column featuring her highboon called Eraser Marks. It's starting up sometime this month in Rhythm and Bones' Necropolis blog, and 
In the October issue of Rhythm and Bones, she has a series of six Hybun being published in their Creative Study feature. I'll put the links up so you can follow Robin Anna's progress. So here we go. Moonshine trickles through the treetops, light showers. It's got movement and good visuals and I think you can hear the light shower too. And in addition to all this, I love the way the letter T, combined with R, flows through the piece. Daybreak. A beam of sunshine screams through the blinds. I think if you read some of Robin Anna's work, it often demonstrates a feeling of life on the edge, which usually brings me up short and causes a slight intake of breath. Does this piece make you feel this way too? And last, but certainly not least in this American section, Juliet Hattersley. I read this piece on Haiku Nook, the forum on Google+, and Juliet graciously let me use it. Juliet is from the Bay Area and works in copywriting and marketing. She's surprised herself with her ability to write haiku, which is such a succinct way of writing, because, she says, she is usually rather verbose. She has some unusual hobbies, which include belly dancing. Fabulous. This is the piece of work that caught my eyes and ears. Cool night air, the sound of crickets, and snoring. And if you'd like to read more from Juliet, you can find her on Google Plus and at her blog. Heading to Europe for a little while, I'm delighted to introduce yet another new voice to the Haiku Chronicle, Heike Gewe. Heike comes from Germany and is a German lecturer at the University of Anhalt. She has a warning for us all. She says, if you don't want to be stuck with it for the rest of your life, don't start. Because writing haiku, it's addictive. Probably most of us would agree with her. She sees the writing of haiku as a lifestyle, offering discipline in its writing and being simple yet deep. Here are a couple of examples of her work. New tenants, salam aleikum, echoes through the corridors. I thought... Not only does this illustrate the technique visually and orally, but it's probably a theme that resonates with many people globally. And often this theme is represented negatively, but I didn't feel it in this work. It sounded positive to me. And, om, listening to the bowl. Reading this, I could feel the vibration of the bowl. Could you? And if you'd like to read more of Heike's published work, for example, Chasing the Wind, Haiku Pick and Points of Light. I'll put the link in the show notes. Next, we're off to Bulgaria to visit with Radostina Dragostinova again. She sent me this haiku which appeared for the first time in the 10th Yamadera Basho Memorial Museum English Haiku Contest. Gosh, it's a bit of a mouthful. Here it is. My daughter's giggle, the first garden peonies burst into bloom. Can you hear the sound of her daughter's giggle? And doesn't it fill you with joy and give you a huge soppy grin on your face? Well, it does for me. Congrats to Radistina, because since the last time we heard from her, she's won second prize in the fourth haiku contest 
on the theme of good, and had her first publication in Time Haku and publications in Haiku Masters, Femku Issue 3, Failed Haiku and Stardust. Wow. Radostina, you've inspired me to crack on and work harder and prepare my work for the coming year. Off to Hungary next to meet someone new, Judith Holos, a teacher, writer and translator who's currently putting together a collection of haiku and haibun that explores the stories and fates of the people she met while being a writer-in-residence in Macedonia. I have to say, she's another one with a number of interesting hobbies, learning endangered languages, Japanese bamboo flute, and traditional Korean dance, to name but a few. She thinks that good haiku may try to push the boundaries of the language it's written in, and even leave some room for the reader's imagination. It may also exhibit an unusual combination of images as well as a strong musicality. Do you know, I think I agree with this, but I'd only add that a good haiku should leave room for the reader's imagination, but I know that view is not universally shared. I absolutely agree with Judith that the best way to learn to write haiku is by reading each day a massive amount of work featured in haiku magazines and anthologies but also by being outdoors and discovering the moments nature has to offer. I especially recommend being outdoors. And so to her work. First chemo session, the dim grey rustling of beech leaves. Orchard thief, a peach-scented moon jailed by tree branches. I think she has combined an unusual sets of images. And her haiku do have musicality, don't you think? Anyway, if you'd like to know more about Judith, you'll find her on Twitter and in the haiku registry on the Haiku Foundation website. Great to hear from you, Judith. Now we're off to the UK. And first, we'll visit Mark Gilbert again. The taste of every colour on my tongue. The burning oil field stench. I've not been near a burning oil field, but I've often seen oil slicks. And if you're close to them, you can actually taste the oil, can't you? Now imagine how it must be if you're close to a burning oil field. I think this one is successful because Mark has let people figure out the colour relationships to the burning oil field and the taste gives it just that extra dimension. I'm looking forward to reading your coastal-inspired haiku, Mark. Speaking of which, off we go to the seaside in the UK. I've got a couple of haiku from Catherine Winnock from Brighton. The blossoming rose, wings of the butterfly flutter to the scent. Now, if you've been listening to the Haiku Chronicle for a while, you'll know that I love my butterflies. And I can see this wonderful creature fluttering on the thermals of the scent. The drooping petals drips dewdrops through the night. Blue light. Don't you think the repetition of the letter D adds strength to this work? Now, we started our European section with a new contributor. Let's end with another. Ian Speed. Now, like me, Ian has spent some time in the Germanic-speaking world, 
and we were both wondering what influence that language has had on our writing. No conclusions yet, but watch this space. Ian loves the subtlety combined with succinctness of haiku. He thinks that haiku writing is about finding the essence in things. And he loves Japanese woodblock prints and uses them as a source for his haiku. In fact, he has a number of woodblock print books which he's using to prepare a book of haiku and he hopes to self-publish. Keep us posted on your progress, Ian. And so to his haiku, which he has titled Being the Crow. Crow's white winter eye enters and inhabits our being. Caw, 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 we cry. It certainly has a rhythm and strong visuals. Ian, I hope we can hear more from you in the future. Now, I never know whether Turkey should be described as a European nation or an Asian one. It crosses the divide, doesn't it? Anyway, you might have guessed then that we're off to Turkey to meet with Gulitz Mutlu once more. Hi Gulitz, best wishes to all the family. Gulitz has sent us a couple of Senryu, which have a very different feel to each other. Finger-tipping the gin bottle, jet lag. Now, like most pieces, this one can be interpreted in a number of ways. But the way I read it, I can feel all the frustration and the tiredness, as well as hear and feel the fingers on the gin bottle. And if I were to describe this work in a colour, I'd say dark grey. But that's just my opinion. How would you describe it from your point of view? And next, a piece that is much lighter in tone. Well, at least I think so. The movement, the sound and the visual clues all work well together. Tell me what you think. Meteor shower. Children's imaginary dinosaur cries. I really love the idea of the imaginary dinosaur and the image of the children. Moving most definitely to Asia, to Japan this time, let's welcome back another of our regulars, Miniko Takahashi. Miniko wondered if we'd be interested in reading something a little different. She was recently given a copy of Volume 6 of Tokyo Poetry Journal, which is all in English and written by expats and Tokyoites, which included a new set of Tanka translations of Teriyama by Mark Sebastian Jones. It doesn't have haiku in this volume, but butto and poetry. Maniko became acquainted with one of the editors, a Scottish lady called Joan Anderson, and she gave her a copy. And you know what? They take submissions. If you'd like to access it, I'll link it on the show notes. Thanks, Maniko, and so to your Senryu. On a silent ceiling, music painted cursively, a pianist at play. Does silence have a sound? I think so. I can hear it in this work. And so combined with the playing of the piano, you have a lovely blend of visual and oral. And that word, cursively, it just rolls around your mouth, doesn't it? Charming. And to end our tour, we're going to Burma to hear from another healthcare professional. She comes from Burma originally, but lives in Singapore. Su Wei Hlai. This haiku 
was inspired by a trip back to visit her family in Burma. She was at her grandma's place and noticed lorries carrying pigs passed by the house almost four times a day. Every time it passed by the house, she could hear the cry of the pigs. Cry, 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 but I cannot stop the lorry, my poor piggies. Can you see and hear them too? That's the end of today's world tour. Just time to offer you my work for the week. I admit to finding this a difficult but fascinating technique, so I don't really have that much. In the silence, two deer chomp the grass. Autumn mist. And this one, which I mostly took from an A.A. A. Milne book, The Red House Mystery. The first two lines really belong to him. The last is mine. From a distant lawn, the whir of the mower. Itchy noses. That's it for today. I was so delighted and inspired to read everyone's haiku and senryu. Thank you all so very much. And thanks too for coming along and listening. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. The next one is in two weeks. I hope you'll join me then. Until then, keep writing and sending me your submissions via the email address on the Poetry P website. All the links you need will be on the show notes on www.poetryp.com. If something's missing, just email me. I'll help you out. Take care now. Till next time. <laughs>